You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping disciples of Jesus discover and live from their true identity in Christ, recognize and walk in their divine purpose within the kingdom of God, and experience growth in their capacity for mature, healthy relationships. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Ministries, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 18 of The Collected Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and this week I'm so excited to bring you my conversation with Katie Dietz. Katie is a writer. She's creator of Radiant, uh, Radiantly Redeemed, which is a clothing brand and an online ministry. She's passionate about encouraging women on their walk with Jesus, and I'm so excited to talk with her today. Katie, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. And I stumbled across your account on Instagram months ago, I feel like, and have been following you ever since. And I know I'm personally so encouraged by all the light and goodness and Jesus that you put out into the world. And so I'm excited to hear more of your story. Um, So I was wondering if you could start with how did you meet Jesus? So about three and a half years ago, I was faced with an extremely difficult year. And um, I always ask people, you know, have you ever had like a life transition, like one of those big life transitions that, you know, really impacted your life? You know, maybe you lost somebody, um, you got married, you started college, like things like that. Well, I had a season of about six months where I had a lot of those life transitions happen. And I had Uh, We were living in Stillwater, Oklahoma at the time because my husband and I went to Oklahoma State and uh, we had just gotten engaged and um, we thought we were going to stay in Stillwater. So he accepted a job with the bank that he was currently working for. And I was hoping to get into dental hygiene school um, somewhere in that area. So he had taken a job that was kind of locked in and because we just kind of thought we had our future figured out. Well, I didn't get into a school in Oklahoma and I got into a school in Missouri, which was about four hours away. So um, we were newly engaged or actually not newly engaged. We were about to get married and um, I started school in Missouri. So I was living in a new city and a new state all by myself. And I was also faced with a very difficult family situation that left me hurting and brokenhearted. And I just remember that season, which should have been filled with so much joy, just being so um, dark and so heavy and lonely. And I remember just beginning to experience very extreme anxiety. And um, that's when the devil snuck in. And I just remember, you know, hearing the lies, you know, that he had um, to speak over my life. And I felt you know, worthless. I felt like I didn't have a purpose, even though, you know, somebody's looking at my life and they're like, oh, you're getting married. You're in dental hygiene school. Like you look like you have it all together, but in actuality, in like reality, I was struggling, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I didn't grow up in church. So I didn't know Jesus at the time. And I was 21, 22 years old. And I remember, you know, hearing of this man um, that was so wise and so almighty, you know, and um, I remember just kind of sitting in my one bedroom apartment one night and I was like, 
totally at the end of myself, you know, and I remember I decided to approach him and I remember just crying out to him and just, you know, telling him everything that was on my heart and my mind and, you know, crying out to him as though he was a friend or a counselor that was like literally sitting right in front of me. And, um, that night for the first time ever, I experienced the presence of God. And I remember telling him, I'm like, if you're real, like really real, like, I really need you to show up for me because I don't know you. And like, this is a relationship, like we got to get to know each other, you know, and I needed him to show up because I didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't know what the next step was for me. I'm like, I don't know if I need to go to church, like whatever. And I mean, just like he just lined it up for me and he began showing me and showing up for me. And I just began experiencing like his presence and his power more than ever. You know, I mean, I was a girl who never grew up in church. So like, I didn't even, I didn't know this man, you know, and he just really showed himself to me. And um, eventually Corey got to move up where I was and we joined a church and we got really involved there. We loved it. And I eventually, you know, got baptized and, you know, declare Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Um, But yeah, after that, I just kind of have like this burning passion for the Lord because, I mean, he just totally changed me and changed my heart. And I know that if he can do it for me, he can do it for others, you know? And um, yeah, about a year ago, I just kind of had this passion to encourage others on their walk with Christ because I didn't necessarily have that, you know, growing up. So um, even though it's a very small area on the internet, I still feel like I get to kind of walk alongside other women and just kind of encourage them with their walk with Christ. Oh, I love that. God is just so good to meet us exactly where we are and be exactly what we need. At one point in your story, you were talking about how, you know, you had everything you thought you wanted, but it didn't feel like you expected it to feel. Or, you know, from the outside, everything looked perfect, and yet you were still struggling with that anxiety. What word of encouragement or hope might you have for someone who that just hits home for them? You were saying that, and they're like, that is me. That's where I am right now. My life doesn't look how I thought it would. Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing for me is just to realize I didn't have to be perfect Mm -hmm. and to just allow myself to come to Jesus and, you know, tell him where I'm at and be open and honest with him because, you know, I struggled with um, perfectionism, whatever, so badly. And I would approach Jesus that way too. And I would, you know, feel like I couldn't tell him everything or, you know, couldn't be open and honest about what I was truly facing. Um, But really he already knows what's going on. You know, you don't have to hide anything from him. And I think um, my biggest breakthrough was when I was finally like, you know, I don't care what other people think. I don't care, um, you know, what the opinions of others, you know, just kind of breaking that chain and just being open and honest with, myself, others in Christ about where I'm at in my life now and knowing that he gets, you know, he will meet me wherever I'm at, mm-hmm. um, in my brokenness, in my hurt, whatever. And that's not something, uh, you have to hide. That's not something you have to, um, sugarcoat. That's not something you have to lie and say you don't struggle with because I mean, there's true freedom and healing when you just speak the truth of what's on your mind and what's on your heart and what's going on in your life. And, Um, I just feel like that's where a real breakthrough happens is when you can just fully let go of pleasing others, you know, worrying about what other people think and just kind of letting yourself 
you know, live in the freedom and the truth of who he is um, and taking the pressure off yourself. So. Yeah, that that's amazing. I love that. Um, yeah. Such an encouragement. And so you were in dental hygienist school. Did you continue with that? Like, what is what is Radiant Rede- Radiantly Redeemed? How does it kind of fit into the dental hygienist school? Now you design clothes. Like, what what happened next? Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. So I stayed in dental hygiene school, obviously, because um, I wasn't that far in my walk with Christ. So at the time, I wasn't being called to ministry or um, what I thought ministry looked like. And so I continued dental hygiene school, and that whole experience in itself Uh, just got so much better because um, whenever I was going through like that really hard time, it was in my first semester of school and I was not doing well. Like, and I'd always done well in school, like school, you know, I don't want to say it was easy for me, but I mean, I usually did pretty well and I was failing. I mean, and, and when you're in dental hygiene school like that, like the um, grades you have to make are so much higher. So like I couldn't just make a 70 to pass. Like that wasn't, a, that wasn't, you know, the bare minimum or whatever. Like I had to pass like a 75 or like a 90, like the grade scale was weighted higher. So I was like failing my test. I, I was not doing well at all. And I was just miserable. And after I just kind of gave it to the Lord and I said, you know, my life is yours. Like whatever you have for me will be mine. Like I don't have to carry this weight and pressure anymore. I just started excelling in school. It was wild. And like when I tell people, I'm like, I didn't even have to work that hard. Like, I mean, I did the work, but I mean, I didn't feel like I was doing the work. Like he literally did it all for me. Um, So I got through school. Um, It was a great experience after that. Um, So right now I am a dental hygienist and about a year into working, um, I feel like it was my first year out of college. So I was able to actually set aside time to spend in the word. And over that first year of working, like my faith just rapidly grew. And um, I kind of just started having it on my heart to um, go into ministry. And I didn't know what that looked like, but I remember um, thinking like, oh, great, God, like I just went through dental hygiene school. I'm working as a hygienist and now you've called me into ministry. Like I have to quit my job now. And I remember just being so stressed out about this because I always thought, you know, my purpose had to do with a title or an accomplishment or a job or, you know what I mean? And I think we all go through that a little bit. And I was talking to my papa, my grandpa, and one day telling him about this. And he was like, um, you know, that all sounds really good, Katie. He said, that sounds great. He's like, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited. You have like grown in your faith, all that stuff. And he said, but do you realize that you see so many patients a day? Like, don't forget that there's a ministry within what you're doing already. And I was like, oh yeah. You know, and I kind of felt like I had like a wrong perspective on it. So it kind of made me think, And then like a month later, I had these people contact me on Instagram to record, record a short message over what purpose means. And I was kind of like, okay, like, I feel like the Lord's trying to speak here. So obviously I had to do some prayer and like research and kind of figure out what the meaning of purpose was. And I just finally realized that purpose, it's not wrapped up in a title 
or, you know, being a wife or a mother, it's not being a dental hygienist or an accountant or whatever. It's not an accomplishment. Like as the body of Christ, we're all called to the same purpose. And that is to love others like Jesus and to just show his goodness, show the goodness of God to those around us and to just glorify him and all that we do. And the beauty of that is that we get to live out that purpose exactly where we're at. And um, I don't have to be a big time speaker or a big time writer or, you know, which those things would be awesome someday. But I get to live out my purpose now exactly where it has me being a hygienist, um, being a wife, being a friend. Um, and I get to live out my purpose every day. And I know that my page has had like, you know, big growth or whatever. And, um, you know, social media is great, but it's not my purpose. And it's just a tool that you know, the Lord has given me to use to live out my purpose. And I get to love and encourage others through, you know, social media or my job. So right now I'm still a dental hygienist. I still work full time and I just do ministry on the side. And um, whenever he kind of lays something on my heart to share, I share it. And, you know, whoever needs to see it. So. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah. And then we're also, you know, I launched the store um, where I'm just kind of designing some sweatshirts and t-shirts and yeah, just having fun and seeing where that goes as well. <laughs> I love it. And it's so true that, I mean, God can use you for ministry anywhere you are, in any season of life, with any job you have. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where God has you, and He can use you there. You don't have to quit your job and, you know, move to a foreign country or start a 50C3 <laughs> or, you know, like, you can just be faithful where He has you. I love that. That is so good. So as you've kind of continued to give God your yes and, um, you know, took the risk of launching the store and kind of doing those things, what surprising doors has God opened for you or in what ways has he surprised you? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is just, hang on, let me think about this answer. Yeah. And I think I go a couple ways with it. One Um, I never viewed myself as a writer or a speaker. And I was somebody who grew up in FFA. Um, So like I grew up doing speeches and stuff, but I still never considered myself qualified. Um, I never thought that I would be able to write and people would connect with it. Um, And to be honest, growing up, I was the girl who probably struggled in school when it came to like reading and writing. I just didn't enjoy it probably as much as others. And, um, but to my surprise, I mean, he has just, I mean, it's just been wild to me at like the messages that I get sometimes of like, I mean, they, some people really connect to the things that I've written. And I think just, you know, coming into the situation, I felt so unqualified and so, um, just not worthy, I guess, of like writing and just being a voice for him. And, um, you know, it's turned out a lot better than I thought and people do connect to it. And that is just, you know, it's just been a nice surprise, but it's just been a humbling experience, but just also really rewarding as well. Um, Because I mean, a year ago, I would have never thought that I'd be on a podcast right now. So just to see that, you know, just what he can do with your yes and your obedience. um, Because I mean, I I feel like this whole journey has been a surprise because, you know, it started out, Hey, just start an Instagram and just start writing. And then now it's turning into speaking on podcasts or, you know, preaching on stages. And it's kind of like, you know, a year ago, I would have never thought that, 
you know, I would be the one, you know, doing these things. So um, just being, yeah, surprised by the whole journey, if that makes sense, (laughs) because it's still so new. And, um, but yeah, just the people that you can reach through social media. I think that's been a huge thing too. Um, because, you know, there's people all over the world on my page and I know other friends who have even bigger pages, you know, it's like, they're just impacting so many people through social media. So, I mean, I feel like if you can use it right, you know, it's such an awesome tool to be used for God's kingdom. Yeah, man, that is so good. And God is so good. What encouragement might you have for somebody who's in that place right now of like, I feel like I have something in front of me, but I just don't feel equipped for this. Yeah, just do it. Just give him your yes. Um, Because what I've learned the most through all of this is that he will give you the strength. He will give you the confidence and he will give you the words that you need to speak. Um, Because I remember just, I would, I would stress rather it was a little post or preaching a message at church or um, to a group of women, or even getting on this podcast, you know, it's like you sit there and you're like, Oh, do I have the right words? Do I have this? But at the end of the day, like if you, allow yourself to just lose yourself in who Jesus is and what he's calling you to do. Like he will give you the strength. He will give you the confidence and also just take the pressure off yourself because I mean, this was so much love, but it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about him. And that was a game changer when I realized, Hey, this isn't about me. This is about Jesus and glorifying him. So like, I don't have to carry the weight and the pressure because his grace covers me. And if I say the wrong thing or, you know, it, you know, my conversation isn't perfect, like it's okay. So just allowing his grace to cover you and remember that it's not about you. It's about him. So take the pressure off yourself of having to be perfect and, um, you know, do all the things, you know, great because you're human and he will give you strength and he will give you the confidence that you need to do what he's called you to do. Mm. Yes. Amen. Everything you're saying, I'm just like nodding along. If anyone's watching the video, they see me. I'm just like, (laughs) yes, preach. Yes. Um, So what do you love most about the character of God as you've continued to get to know him? What stands out about his character? This is love. You know, and I think for me, you know, I didn't grow up in church. So like I didn't understand just like one, the love that he had for me, but one, the love that was standing there through the body of Christ, through other Christians. And, um, you know, it's just something, you know, when you're struggling to be able to call your friend to pray for you or, you know, cry with you or whatever. Um, there's just so much love in the body of Christ and just so much love from him. And I mean, his love is what changed everything about me and changed my heart and made me want to just be better and just love others better. Um, But also his love is just, um, I don't know, it's, it's just kind of like when you know how loved you are by the one that created you, like you just feel like you can do anything, you know? And I mean, I feel like it's no different than you know, the way my grandparents love me, like I always joke that they love me like Jesus because they do, because I know that they're the people that if I'm about to do a podcast or go speak on stage, I usually go to them because they're the ones to just pour in all the love, all the encouragement. And they just make me feel like I can do anything in this world. And I mean, that is what God's love does for you is when you think you can't do something, you can. 
And when you get in his presence and you just allow his love to cover you, you know, that's where peace is found. That's where hope is found. That's where forgiveness is found, you know, and when you just, I don't know, it's like just to think that, you know, he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you and for me. Like that is just crazy to think that he loves us so much that he was willing to make that sacrifice for us and just I don't know, it just changes you and it changes your perspective. And I think when I'm in a situation of, you know, I need to be kinder to somebody or I didn't handle a situation perfect. I'm like, you know, Lord, like you have loved me so much that you have forgiven me for all that I've done. Like I need to do that for somebody else or extend that grace or mercy to on other people. Um, so yeah, I think just how much he loves us and just embracing how much he loves us because it has changed me. It has changed how I live and how I treat others. And also just the way that I walk in my life, knowing that his grace covers me and that he is a loving dad and that he just loves us so much and wants all of his kids to succeed and just live in this, you know, world and freedom, like just living in love and life and just freedom. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. What is something in your life that you feel like the Holy Spirit is currently working to transform? Oh, um, just being content. (laughs) You know, I think that is something that society always pushes against. You know, you need to have more, do more, be more. Um, But really just being content and stewarding what he's put in front of me now. Well, and um, yeah, because I think I kind of fell into that trap of, oh, I need a bigger ministry or I need to do this or I need to do that. I need to have a bigger shop. I need to have more inventory. I need to have um, a bigger house. And, you know, like we've all fallen into, you know, more needing more, doing more, but really just embracing where he has me now and just being content with where he's placed me, who he's placed in front of me um, and just yeah, just loving where I'm at and just being content with where he has me in life right now and not, um, you know, racing too far ahead. Um, because, you know, I think it's so important to have dreams and have big goals, but, you know, as soon as those things start taking you out of the present is probably time for a heart check. And, you know, probably a few months ago, I kind of had that moment where I was just like so consumed with ministry stuff and shop stuff. And one day my husband was like, I love that you're doing this, but like, it's consuming your life. Like you need to, like, if we're, you know, about to eat dinner, like, you know, maybe put it up or something like that. Like it was just consuming all aspects of my mind and my heart. And he said, I love your heart for Christ, but you know, you need to make sure you're choosing what matters most in life. And I was just kind of like, okay, yeah. So I just kind of um, started having a heart check and just praying about it and just remembering to be content with what I have and where I'm at and that, you know, I don't have to strive for more. I don't have to strive um, to, in my own strength, to make radiantly redeemed more than what it is right now, because the Lord will do that in his own time. So just trusting that and being able to, um, kind of prioritize my time better. Um, but yeah, ultimately just being content and okay with where I'm at and just allowing him to guide me and light up the steps that I need to take in the future and just taking them never. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so hard to do. It is so hard. <laughs> like I get it, you know, just I'm right there with you. I feel like God's been teaching me a lot about that too with 
even, you know, my ministry here with the podcast and collected, but also, you know, some things in my personal life of like, I just, I am where I am and it's so good. And there's so many wonderful things, but like longing for what's next, Oh yeah. but like not striving to make it happen on my own, like doing my part, but like that balance between doing the work, being faithful to doing what I believe God's leading me to do, but like not getting ahead of his plan. Yes, it's so hard. That's a hard balance to figure out. Yes. And like a big thing for me was like not working on the weekend. So like I have a rule now, like on the weekends, I don't get on social media hardly. I don't create content. I don't do anything like we go to the lake or we go to the pool or whatever. And just, um, I don't know. I mean, just being faithful with what he's given me now. And I mean, he's given me my family and, you know, we need to pay attention to those things. And I love technology, but man, it's crazy how much you can see in your life. And I think that's what it's taught me the most. Cause like one time it is kind of getting off topic, but I remember one time I got this notification um, on my phone and it said your screen time was like six hours or seven hours a day. And I was like, there is no way. And I went back and looked and it said that my screen time, you know, had been, you know, that much. And it was just kind of a reality check because it was kind of all around the same times. So I'm like always working, always creating, recording stuff, you know, trying to plan. And it just was kind of like, man, I'm really allowing this to consume my life. And, you know, I don't feel like the Lord wants that for us totally. Like he wants us to do what he's called us to do, but I don't think, you know, he wants us to step away from our families or, you know, like, you know, not choose what matters most in our life. Like you need to make sure we're staying present and, you know, stewarding the people and the things that he's placed in front of us now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think an important point from what you've shared too, is that, you know, you have that community, you had your husband to be that accountability and to, in love, tell you like, yeah. I, I don't think this is fully healthy or, yeah. you know, this isn't the best for our marriage all the time, yeah. you know, and we need to be in community and yeah. have people who we trust who can help us have that like yes. check expectation check almost, or, you know, that's, that's really important. That's good. Oh yeah. Very important. So <laughs> yes. now was your husband a Christian before, or did you kind of lead him to the Lord? So he grew up in a church uh, that was very religious, you know, but like they didn't really preach relationship with Christ. So, um, no, him and I were not living for the Lord before we got married. And it's kind of, you know, that's a whole nother story that could probably last a whole nother hour. But we definitely had our fair share of fun in college. And, you know, but it's also cool because we we have friends now that knew us, you know, before we were living for the Lord. So they've been able to kind of see this whole redemption in our story. And, you know, they've been able to see this life change in both of us. And I don't know, I just love when a friend is like, man, you guys have changed so much. Like, I mean, it's so cool because it, I mean, it opens up the door to talk about Jesus and it's just really cool. But no, like, I mean, he had you know, been baptized and stuff, but like he didn't have that real life-changing relationship with the Lord and we were not living for the Lord in college. And um, yeah, so whenever I just kind of had that radical experience with the Lord and started getting serious about my relationship with Christ, it ultimately, you know, led him with me 
Um, but I mean, that had its challenges as well, because, you know, breaking old habits, breaking um, old relationships, you know, I mean, there were relationships we had to sever altogether. There were, they, I mean, just habits that you've been living, you know, in this cycle for so long. And, but, you know, the Lord changes you and in his love and in his gentleness, he starts to convict you. And it's not shame. It's not, you know, guilt. It's just saying, hey, like a change needs made. And this is an area that we need to work on. And, you know, just over time, you just kind of allow him to change you and change your heart. And that's what he's done. And my husband and I, and um, I could probably cry talking about it, but just seeing like the change that the Lord has had in our marriage. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. And I love how you described the work of God in you both as like gentle Mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it's not, there's no shame. It's not like you have to change everything right now. It's gentle and it's patient and it's at your pace. And it's, I don't know, that's just his grace. It's so beautiful. And yeah, I always cry. My friends always joke with me that you always cry in church. I'm like, it's just the Holy Spirit. Like when you experience yeah. it, just like it melts you. But yeah, it's just been really cool to see. I mean, the change that he's had in my life, but just my husband's life and just our marriage all together, because I mean, who we were when we started dating at 17 years old and who we are now at 26 and 27 years old, it's like, we're just not even the same people. And to just know that we were able to be so different than who we were now and who we are now, and just to be able to grow together and um, yeah, it's just, it's really beautiful and it's all because of Christ and his love. And, um, it was really cool because, uh, we moved back to my hometown a couple years ago and we started going to the church that we go to now. And, you know, when I started seeing the Holy spirit really working on my husband's heart and, um, his mom actually moved here too, and they got baptized together. And, um, you know, they had both grown up in a church their whole life and they never had that relationship with Jesus, which was mind blowing to me because I'd never grown up in church. I'm like, how can you do that? But, you know, it was just a very um, religious setting. Um, And now we're in a church that is all about having a real life changing relationship with the Lord. And it's not about religion. It's not about following these sets of rules. It's not about being this perfect person. It's about being a child of God and, you know, not being perfect, but showing perfect effort. And (laughs) I'm just allowing him to change you and change your heart. And yeah, it's just really cool. Mm. Man, that's so good. And so exciting to think about like all the generations of your family that are like, you change the whole trajectory of (laughs) of everyone who comes next and after you. And that's cool to think about. Yeah, And the word the Lord gave me this year was legacy. And, you know, I think most people can think the word legacy means like wealth or, you know, whatever. And it's not. And I just feel like the word legacy is, you know, changing the trajectory of my family and setting a new standard and to know, like, we will raise our kids in church. We will raise them to know the Lord. And, you know, I don't ever want them to, um, you know, get into adulthood and because adulthood's hard. Marriage is hard. And, you know, when you don't have Jesus to run to, you run to the world and it's, it's not good. I've been there and, you know, I, I just, it feels so strongly about leaving a, a different legacy on my family. And it's not about money. It's not about fame. It's about um, Jesus. And it's about just 
knowing them knowing who their savior is and knowing that when they do make a mistake, when they do, um, you know, mess up or, you know, just having a hard time in life that they know who to run to. Yeah. Amen. Well, we are almost out of time. So what did I miss? What is a final thought or word of encouragement that you want to leave our listeners with? Let me think on that. <laughs> I think just show yourself grace. That's that's what I keep thinking of is um, life is hard. Um, transitions are hard. And um, just allow yourself to have grace to do what God has called you to do. And you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to have it all figured out. Um, but to just uh, be obedient, give him your yes, and just allow him to guide you through the process and the journey of where he's taking you or what he's called you to do and whether you have to wait a long time or um, whatever, there's a lot of growth and just um, to be made and just trusting God with your life and yeah, just giving him full control over your life. So. Yes, that you. is perfect. <laughs> Katie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much. What an amazing conversation with Katie. I just love her passion for the Lord and um, the way she's so boldly moving forward in her ministry. You know, she doesn't know where it's all going to lead 10 years down the road, but she continues to daily give God her next yes and see what He does with it. And I mean, He's just blown me away by the way He's growing her and using her. And it's just such a, a testament of His love and grace and goodness. Um, this summer, <laughs> I've also experienced God's grace and love and goodness um, in some small and quiet ways. Um, you know, those of you who have been with me for a while have gotten the kind of regular updates on my condo renovations from the flood. Uh, the flood was back in November 2020. And my condo was supposed to be done June 15th, and then they pushed it back to June 30th of this year, and now they're saying July 15th. You know, so in these continual delays and continually feeling stuck, um, but needing to remind myself that I'm not stuck, there's still purpose in this time, there's still goodness in this time, God is still doing things in this time. Um, but it can be easy to feel really frustrated every time I get an email with another delay. And so this summer, I've been reading through Sarah Haggerty's book, Adore. We had Sarah Haggerty on the show um, back in season two, episode 17. That is definitely worth a re-listen. I just love her, love her episode, love her ministry, and her book, Adore, is so powerful. Um, it breaks down all sorts of different names of God and talks about these moments of just taking time to adore God for His character, which is what we do here on The Collected Podcast. Um, but God was so good to lead me to um, the chapter she has called God Who Uses Delay to Grow My Belief. And um, the the verse that she highlights here is Psalm 62.5. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. So how sometimes God uses the waiting room to grow our expectations and to, you know, teach us to lean more into Him and to rest in Him. Um, Isaiah 40, 31 says, Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. 
Lamentations 3.25, the Lord is good to those who wait for Him. Micah 7.7, I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. James 1.4, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete. So we're not stuck. We're not waiting in vain. God is at work. He goes ahead of us. He prepares the way, and He's so good and gracious to us in the middle of it all. Um, And so I've experienced that. My friend Sarah, who I'm staying with right now, she has this lovely little patio on her apartment. It's in the woods, completely surrounded by trees. And I've been able to have my quiet times there in the morning this summer, and it's so peaceful. I hear a little stream, there's birds, it's beautiful, there's a little breeze. And in those moments, I'm moved with such emotion of the goodness of God that He's given me such a place of peace to carry out my waiting. And even as the time continues to extend and extend, He still provides. It's not what I wanted or what I expected for this summer. I wanted to be moving back into my home and setting up and getting settled and using my summer vacation off to be able to move and not have to use PTO and blah, blah, blah. You know, like I had all these expectations, but I'm continually learning to shift my expectations to the Lord and to wait in anticipation for what He's going to do and to feel excitement by the delays because the delays mean that He's doing more work and He's not done and and that there's more to be done in me. And that should be exciting, not daunting. Kind of having this mind shift of instead of feeling frustrated by the delays, feeling excited because I know that then that means just God's going to do more work in me. And that's great because that's ultimately what I want him to do, right? (laughs) Right? Um, So I don't know, just some of my verbal processings for you. Um, I hope there was some encouragement in there. And if you are in your own season of waiting, you're waiting on the everlasting God. And he's got you covered. He has it, even though it doesn't look how you wanted or how you expected right now. And so I hope there's some encouragement in that. I love you very much. And I'm excited and wait in anticipation for the day when I can tell you my condo's done. But until then, we continue to wait on the Lord. So I hope you have a good week and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. You can also find Jess at Just Beyondo. If you would like to support Collected by making a tax-deductible contribution, please visit collectedministries.org slash donate. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to support and prevent unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected Podcast is produced by Jess Biondo and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf Elan.